Our gospel reading from St. John continues in the sixth chapter. So far, we've seen how the crowd marveled at being miraculously fed with five loaves of barley bread and two fish, how they called Jesus the prophet and were ready to make him their king. But then how the spiritual high of the miracle faded, and they called him what? Rabbi. Prophet. Rabbi. And when Jesus challenged them to have faith in him, they called him what? Sir. Prophet. Rabbi. Sir. Then we saw how the crowd murmured, uttered words of, sullen discontent because they knew with absolute certitude that Joseph was not Jesus's father, rather that Joseph was Jesus's father, which meant they knew nothing about Jesus's origin. They thought they knew Jesus and they didn't. When people substitute their theories, their opinions, God forbid their feelings for God's truth, it will always lead to personal, communal, and even institutional disaster. We saw that Jesus would not back down. He would not soft-pedal his words, that he is who he says he is, the I am. Ego imi in the Greek for ea asher ea, I am who I am, the God who revealed himself to Moses. Jesus cannot be untrue to his nature, He cannot stoop to the level of our expectations or be boxed in by our limitations, but he can, and he does, if we accept the grace, offer to raise us up to his level, to be drawn beyond our limitations to the beauty of truth as mysterious and incomprehensible as it may be. And today we see the people descend further into their resistance to the truth. Last week they murmured, uttered words of sullen discontent when Jesus used the divine name, I am the bread of life. Now they quarreled among themselves. How can this man? And there lies the problem, doesn't it? Because Jesus is not just mere man, he's God. The Greek translates as they fought. Jesus was polarizing because he refused to be compromising. He was divisive because he is the truth of God in human flesh. And fallen man, then and today, wants no truth other than what he thinks the truth ought to be. But why were they fighting among themselves? For the same reason Christians do it today. Jesus is speaking symbolically. It's insane to think that bread becomes his flesh. That's disgusting. We're not cannibals. That's the tradition I was raised in. Oh, he means what he says, all right, and that means he's nuts. No, he means what he says precisely because he is God. Put all the miracles together. What other conclusion is there? 
No, no, no. He's pointing to something different, and we need to be patient. We need to study his words more carefully. Surely there's a middle ground we can all find and be comfortable with. They, like so many today, found the truth, the reality of Jesus as the I am who I am, to be just too much for them. Jesus made it absolutely clear, again, without any effort to soft-pedal his words or compromise, Amen, Amen, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you do not have life within you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him on the last day. There's nothing cushy here. These are not the words of symbol. And to drive home the point, he adds, for my flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Now, what does he mean by true? The Greek of the gospel uses the word alithesis. It carries several meanings, to be worthy of credit, to be genuine, to be true, to be reliable, to be real. His flesh is genuine, true, reliable, real food. His blood is genuine, true, reliable, and real drink. How can such a thing be possible? Because the Father who sent him is the source of all truth, the source of all reality. And since the Son is one in being with the Father, it is the Son's very nature to speak the truth, to speak words of reality. He cannot do otherwise. And it is because his flesh and blood are genuine, true, reliable, and real food and drink that the one who consumes the holy gifts in faith can have absolute confidence in other words of Jesus, Jesus' promise, whoever eats this bread will live forever. You get the sense. The people are dumbfounded, confused, frustrated, because they can't make heads or tails of what Jesus is saying. They don't know what to think. And then something horrible happens. Predictable, but horrible nonetheless. It had to have been one of the lowest points in Jesus' earthly ministry. It was a low point in the life of the early church. And it happens today. What was it? We'll see that next weekend.